darkest times of history. There lies a tale that sends chills down the spine. A story of paranoia, fear, and the pursuit of justice gone horribly astray. We wander through the labyrinth of secrets, uncover the truth hidden beneath layers of hysteria, and confront the very essence of human fear. Welcome to the Phantom Files. I'm your host, Frost, and today we embark on a journey into the heart of a town gripped by fear, a place where accusations of witchcraft transformed neighbors into enemies, and where innocence was traded for a false sense of security. It's one of the darkest episodes in American history. The Salem Witch Trials Salem is a historic city located in Massachusetts, United States. Before the infamous witch trials, Salem had a rich and diverse history. Salem was originally inhabited by the Nomkeek tribe of Algonquian people. European settlement began in 1626, when a group of English Puritans, members of a religious reform movement, that emerged in the late 16th and 17th century in England. The Puritans sought to purify the Church of England from what they considered to be remnants of Roman Catholicism. Led by Roger Conant, the Puritans established a fishing and trading village called Nom Kick. In 1629, the settlement was renamed Salem, which means peace in Hebrew. Salem town quickly grew into a prosperous port town due to its favorable location on the coast. It became one of the busiest seaports in the American colonies. Salem's economy thrived through industries such as shipbuilding and maritime trade. In addition to its economic success, Salem was a center for intellectual and cultural pursuits. The town had a vibrant social scene with theaters, music halls, and social clubs. However, Salem's prosperity and progress were interrupted by a dark chapter in its history. The infamous Salem Witch Trials. It was the year 1692. In the heart of the Puritan village of Salem, a place shrouded in devotion and rigid beliefs. Where whispers of the supernatural danced on the wind and fear lurked in every corner. Little did they know that their lives would soon be consumed by a frenzy born from whispers of witchcraft and the ensuing hysteria. Salem Village, also known as the village of Danvers, was located a few miles inland from Salem Town. The exact distance between Salem Village and Salem Town was approximately eight miles. When the Salem Witch Trials took place, traveling between the two locations would have been taken several hours on foot, 
or by horse-drawn carriage. It all began innocently enough, with a group of young girls. Their laughter echoed through the quiet streets, their innocence a beacon in a world cloaked in darkness. But soon, their laughter turned into cries of torment, their innocence replaced by fear. The two primary accusers during the Salem witch trials were two young girls named Elizabeth Paris and Abigail Williams. Elizabeth was the nine-year-old daughter of Reverend Samuel Paris, the minister of Salem Village, who played a pivotal role in the outbreak of the witch trials. In January 1692, Elizabeth Paris began exhibiting strange behaviors, including fits, contortions, and hysterical outbursts. She experienced physical illness, like seizures, screaming, and crawling under furniture. Abigail, the 11-year-old cousin of Elizabeth, she too exhibited similar symptoms, and the two girls claimed to see and interact with spectral forms of witches. Based on the doctor's assessment, it was determined that they were afflicted by the consequences of witchcraft, and the two young girls affirmed the doctor's findings, which fueled fears within the community. Abigail's accusations and testimonies were influential in shaping the course of the trials. As she accused numerous individuals of practicing witchcraft, their accusations sparked a wave of paranoia throughout Salem Village, which led to the arrest and subsequent trials of many innocent people. As the darkness descended upon Salem, panic seized in the hearts of the inhabitants, as rumors spread like wildfire. The devil's hand was said to be at work, and the hunt for witches began. Friends turned against friends, and neighbors pointed fingers at one another, blinded by suspicion and consumed by paranoia. On March 1st, Three individuals were accused of witchcraft in Salem. These included Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba. Tituba was a resilient woman. Her origins traced back to possibly the Caribbean. Her exotic heritage, combined with her position as an enslaved woman, made her a target of suspicion. Later that same day, Tituba admitted to the crime and proceed to assist the authorities in identifying more witches within Salem. With the support from the adults in the community, young girls joined by other afflicted residents expanded their accusations of witchcraft to encompass a larger group of individuals. Over the following months, the afflicted residents accused over 150 women and men residing in Salem Village and its surrounding areas of engaging in satanic practices. The accused witches hailed from different walks of life. Some were pillars of the community. Their wealth and influence enabled to shield them from the venomous accusations. Others were the deprived, the outcasts, made them easy targets for a community gripped by paranoia. 
women and men, unconventional or outspoken, found themselves in the crosshairs. Their refusal to conform to societal norms marked them as threats to the established order. In the eyes of the accusers, they were vessels of wickedness, their very existence a danger to the fragile fabric of Puritan society. The accusations hurled at these individuals were varied and fantastical. They were said to have made pacts with the devil, engaging in dark rituals and casting spells to bring harm upon their neighbors. They were accused of wielding supernatural powers, manipulating the unseen forces of the world to their advantage. Yet behind these accusations lay personal vendettas, hidden grudges, and the thirst for power. The trials became a stage for those who sought to settle all scores, to rid themselves of perceived threats, or to revel in the intoxicating taste of authority. In June 1692, the special court presided over by Chief Justice William Stoughton convened in Salem to pass judgment on the accused. The accused stood before the courts, their hearts heavy with the knowledge that their lives teetered on a precipice. The first individual to stand trial was Bridget Bishop, a resident of Salem who faced more accusations than any other defendant. Bishop, known in town for a questionable moral character and tavern keeping, her flamboyant lifestyle made her an easy target of suspicion in the community. The court became a battleground between truth and deception. The afflicted victims, their faces contorted with anguish, claimed to see the spirits of the accused witches tormenting them. The weight of their lives hung in the balance as spectral evidence was presented. A web of words spun by the afflicted who claimed to see the devil's minions lurking in the shadows. Afterwards, 13 women and five men met the same fate on the gallows. The majority of those tried were condemned based on the behavior exhibited by the witnesses, which were marked by fits and hallucinations that were argued to have been caused by the defendants on trial. Outside the courtroom, the town was engulfed in panic. Accusations flew like daggers, tearing families apart and sowing distrust among neighbors. Yet as the trials were on, whispers of doubt began to rise. Voices of reason challenged the validity of spectral evidence, questioning the fairness of the proceedings. Confessions were extracted through coercion and fear. The accused, some broken and desperate, sought to save themselves from the gallows by admitting to crimes they did not commit. Others, fueled by an unwavering belief in their innocence, clung to their truth 
bracing themselves for the inevitable march towards their doom. The cries of anguish echoed through the town as the hangman's noose tightened around the necks of the innocent. One by one, the accused faced their final moments, their lives extinguished by a cruel and unforgiving fate. The gallows claimed their victims, leaving behind a trail of shattered families, grieving loved ones, and a community forever marked by tragedy. Hangings became macabre spectacles, a chilling reminder of the consequences of being labeled a witch. Lives were lost, swinging ominously from the gallows, while the accused loved ones wept in anguish. As for Tituba, her fate remains shrouded in uncertainty. After her initial confession to practicing witchcraft, Tituba was imprisoned but the exact details of what happened to her afterward are unclear. Some accounts suggest that Tituba was eventually released from prison, while others indicate that she may have been sold or transferred to another owner. It is believed that she may have left the Salem area and disappeared from historical records. Her ultimate fate remains a mystery. Finally, the court dissolved leaving behind a heavy silence. Some of the accused, wearied and broken, were released from their prison cells, their spirits scarred by the horrors they had endured. The dark cloud that had descended upon Salem finally began to lift, but the damage was done. In the aftermath, the survivors were left to grapple with the guilt, the grief, and the realization that justice had been perverted. Tituba's story, however, continues to capture the imagination and interests of many as a symbol of resilience and strength. Her role in the trials serves as a reminder of the complex dynamics of power and oppression in colonial America. Her legacy endures as a figure who endured great hardship during the Salem witch trials and played a significant role in the events that unfolded. The Salem witch trials had left a mark on the town, a reminder of the dangers of fear, paranoia, and the devastating consequences of unfounded accusations. The legacy of all the accused lives on forever marked into the annals of history. Their stories stand as a reminder of the fragility of justice, the dangers of unchecked hysteria, and the devastating consequences of prejudice that poison our hearts and souls. Today, Salem stands as a testament to the human capacity for both good and evil. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Phantom Files. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to follow the podcast and stay tuned for future episodes. I also invite you to leave a review and share with your friends and family who might enjoy it. Your support and feedback are invaluable in helping me reach a wider audience and to continue producing high-quality content. Remember, history holds valuable lessons that shape our present and future. By understanding the past, we can navigate the complexities of the world with greater wisdom and empathy. So until next time, keep questioning, keep exploring, and may the past continue to illuminate our path into a better future. I'm your host, Frost, signing off.